Hey friends, welcome to The Growth Zone and the first ever episode of the Culture Carries Us podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Poff, and I just want to start out by saying thank you for choosing to spend your time with us today. You know, whether you're on your couch, working out, in your car, in your commute, you know, my hope is that through this podcast that we would all be encouraged and that we would learn more about culture-driven leadership. So a little bit about me, going into my 15th year as a teacher and a head softball coach, love what I do. I've definitely, like all of you, you know, learned along the way. And right now I'm just really seeking wisdom. And I know that in order to grow, that we have to be humble, that we have to learn from people who have more experience than us than have done it in different ways. You know, collaboration is the key to growth. And so gaining different perspectives is what's really going to help us all. I think another thing that we've learned, guys, is that growth never happens in comfort. My goal for this podcast is that the guests that come on, that the wisdom and the insight that they bring will kind of challenge all of us, that it will push us outside of our comfort zones and challenge us to to grow as people first, um, to develop as better leaders so that we understand the importance of developing cultures that ultimately impact people. Before we get started, I just want to say, be sure to continue to interact with us on Twitter at Culture Carries You. Also on the website, culturecarriesus.com. You know, check the website for resources and for free giveaways. You know, I also want you guys to interact because I want your feedback. I would love to know who you'd like to see on the show. also want to know what kind of topics you want covered on the show. So please continue to interact on all those platforms. So our first guest couldn't be more excited. We have former Decula alum, Brittany Rogers Mayweather with us today. You know, Brittany played at Decula High School for Coach Kiefer, which is actually where I played as well. So that's a really cool tie. Uh, Brittany went on, though, to play at University of Alabama, where she was a four-time All-American, four-time All-SEC. You know, her list of accomplishments and her career stats are just, they're vast and they're impressive. And and if you want to see all of them, they're on my website, so definitely check that out. But I think what I really want to focus on, which I think is the most powerful part of this, and I think this is what we're going to see from Brittany and from really all of our guests on the show, is that culture is so much bigger than anything else. It transcends everything. Culture is why people grow culture is why lives are impacted culture is why organizations schools teams are successful and so i'm excited to get insight from Brittany on what has shaped her as far as her leadership where she is now um, the cultures that she's been a part of and so i can't wait to dive right in so here we go episode one culture carries us Brittany rogers mayweather Brittany, it's such an honor to have you on as our inaugural guest. Thanks so much for being with us. Goodness, thank you for having me. This is an honor. We're trying to create a space to talk about culture-driven leadership, um, the impact that it has, you know, to understand that everyone has something to bring to the table, that everyone has a voice, and and really what that collaboration does for us. You know, I, I once read something that said that we should listen with the same passion with which we wish to be heard. And that really hit home for me because I know that's for me a a place I could grow. You know, my hope and goal for this podcast is that it would do just that and and give us all a chance to come with open hearts, open minds, open ears, and just listen and have a chance to grow and become better people so that we can pour into others. With that being said, let's dive right in and uh, start to kind of unpack what culture-driven leadership really is, what it looks like. Brittany, start out just kind of by talking to our listeners, telling people a little bit about your story, who you are. And kind of what's led you to where you are today? Sure. So I am Brittany Rogers Mayweather. Um, I'm a mama of two girls, two incredible girls, Layla Gray and Clark Elliott Mayweather, and just a lover of Jesus. I grew up in a big family that's full of people who loved each other, loved what was right, lived by example. 
my Papa Rogers, he was a baseball player and um, he was actually probably the number one person that started my love and sparked my love for, for ball. My dad played football, baseball, basketball. My mom was a, a, actually a competitive speed skater growing up. Being a competitive athlete, I think was sort of innate. Living the sport was probably the most important thing for my family. Um, I learned that from my papa. You know, he used to always say that was his way to connect with Jesus was to play baseball. And uh, my mom always talked about the connections that she had with her speed skating team. Yes, it was an individual sport in some ways, but it was also a team sport. And she loved the fact that she always had that connection with her teammates. Um, my dad always talked about how the ball, ball field made him feel and um, how it lifted him up and helped him connect with others. So I wanted to taste all that played for the University of Alabama, which was the best decision I could have ever made to go there and um, had a little bit of an opportunity to play with the USA team. And here I am now <laughs> back in Decula living right great full circle. I was just about to say how full circle and, and it's really interesting <laughs> just, you know, hearing you talk about your family and uh, I feel like you're such a light, like your spirit, how you carry yourself. And I think that's very apparent just in listening to you talk about your family and how they've impacted you growing up and it was kind of neat too, to hear you talk about your mom was a speed skater. And I mean, I think you said your Papa Rogers, um, he played baseball. They each had a different perspective of what sports meant to them. I think that's really telling that, you know, the power that sports have in people's mm -hmm. lives and even more so why there should be an emphasis on the culture that's created by leaders, you know, understanding the power that we have to establish a culture to change, to truly change lives, you know? Absolutely. And my, my, anybody that I've encountered that played a sport and has influenced my life, they have that common thread um, that, you know, sports is, yes, it's entertainment. Yes. It's an opportunity to, to develop a craft and get good at something, but that's not all it is. It's so much more than that. It's a, a platform for others to, to see truth. It is an opportunity for you to taste the innocence that you can't get in a lot of places no matter what your day's been like, what matter what your life feels like, when you step foot on the field or the court or whatever, all that's gone. And all that matters is the moment that you have right there. And, you know, it's, it's big, it's bigger than just the sport itself. Yes. Yes. That's so good. What do you kind of feel the importance of culture is within an organization, a school? Um, you're now an assistant principal, so you kind of get it on that side, but what do you, what do you feel like culture really does? I mean, culture defines everything. Culture is, is a way of life. It's, um, it's what motivates the people who enter your space to commit and to buy in. And if your culture is strong and rooted in truth and, and, and what's right, uh, people are going to buy in quickly. You know, it's interesting because I used to think that, you know, culture had to be intentionally cultivated. And while that is true, the longer I've kind of gone through my coaching career, I've realized that it is naturally cultivated every day, whether we mean to or not, which means that we must be super intentional to know that we are cultivating a culture that is positive, that is encouraging, that builds the people around us up, that makes people better people. That is spot on. I mean, culture is, it's a way of life and it's a practice. And you, you said it perfectly. You have to be intentional and know that every moment is an opportunity to either build or, or destroy your culture where you are. That's well said. 
you know, culture kind of permeates into all areas of our lives. And so, like you said, you know, being intentional and every day understanding that every choice we make, the way that we speak to the people around us that we are, you know, entrusted to lead or the way we speak to our coaching staff or our players, every single thing we do, every choice we make is either adding fuel to the fire to allow us and our culture to be like a catalyst Mm -hmm. or we're adding no fuel and we have a fire that cannot be lit. And so, I think it's really important to, to focus on that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. What was the culture like at the university of Alabama as a softball player, as a student athlete there? You you can see the culture and feel the culture before you ever meet the people at Alabama. I'll never forget, you know, through the recruiting process, you know, my dad, he, he's a big LSU fan. So he wanted me to go play for Yvette Gerard, which would have been an honor an incredible honor. Um, But I just knew the moment I met coach Murphy, and Allie and Van, that their culture is part of what I wanted to be a part of. Um, Family is truly the definition of the culture at Bama. Family, fighting for your family, representing more than yourself, um, controlling the controllables, persevering, gracious, serving others, that's what the culture is rooted in at Bama. Um, And you knew that instantly by the way that you were treated by Murphy, Allie, and Van. You know, they, they were huge on being intentional about making others feel included, uh, remembering who you represent when you're walking out on, on campus or you're in a restaurant, not forgetting who you are and the family you represent. And that's huge. And, and they lived by that example. You know, Murphy, one time after practice, we went to a, a huge dining hall and we're all sitting there, we're eating and we're at the end of the meal. And, and I'll never forget looking back and sure enough, coach Murphy is over there picking up trays off random tables, taking them to the tray line. Meanwhile, Allie's over there talking to the gentleman uh, that's washing dishes and asking him how his family is doing. And, and, and that to me exemplified the culture of Bama. Uh, living and playing for a purpose that's so much higher than you are and fighting for and with your family is, uh, is that's the kind of culture they created. It's tried and true. I'm telling you, it's like that today, man. That's so good. Okay. So like, I'm not crying. You're crying, right? And people say (laughs) it's so good. And let me tell you what I love so much about everything you just said is that it was from the first moment that you met him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and now so many years after you've played for him, but what is so great about everything you just said and listeners, I hope that you, that you're catching this too, is that nothing you just said was anything about anything that happened on the field. Yeah. And that I think is what, when people can get to that place with their culture, then they're winning, you know? And so obviously everybody knows the talent that's on the field at Alabama year in and year out and what they've accomplished, but nothing that you just spoke of, had anything to do with strikeouts, batting average, win-loss record. It, you know, and that's something I try to drive home with my players that, you know, 20 years from now, you're not going to remember our record that year or how many strikeouts you have, but you are absolutely going to remember the impact, the relationships, the culture yeah. you were a part of for four years. And that's exactly what you just talked about, you know, and, and talking about in the dining hall and, and watching your coaches pick up trays and talk to the cook and, for me, I just immediately feel like that's culture in action. That is culture as a verb. I mean, they are living that mm-hmm. out in front of their players and like, what a great example of leadership 
And to know that that stuck with you, that's the story that you're telling us right now. I mean, I just think it, it screams culture and why culture-driven leadership is so important. Goodness, yes. And, you know, it ra- reminds me so much of, you know, my, my parents, they established that same culture in my household. And I'll tell you, you know, growing up in it, you don't realize it until like you see it somewhere else in the world. And you're like, oh my gosh, my, my parents used to do that too. Wow. Um, that, that, that was the coolest part about being at Bama. You know, a lot of what Murphy would say and what Allie would say, it was linked to things my parents said and my parents did. And, uh, and it's easy to buy into truth and buy into living for something beyond yourself. And it's just, it's amazing. How could you not buy into that? Those moments transcend sports, you know, as an assistant principal, the power that you now have and the opportunity you have to influence your colleagues and the administrative staff and the students and the custodians, like everyone (laughs) that's there, you know, and that's just what's such a great part about leadership. So just talk a little bit about how being such an elite athlete, like you were, what kind of great platform that gave you to share your faith? Well, leaders aren't always the vocal ones, right? There are different types of leaders in this world. There are leaders that stand up and you hear them. There are leaders that do brave things and encourage others to do those brave things. Um, There are also leaders that make a difference just by whispering. There are leaders that make a difference by doing. And I will have to say, you know, my Papa Rogers told me this a long, long time ago. Anything that you do, do it on purpose. That's so good. And whatever you say, whatever you do, um, no matter how small it is, somebody is watching you. And you are charged with shining God's light. You are. Whether you like it or not, you are. And what you demonstrate is what others are going to believe. And no matter if it's sitting next to someone at a train station or in the airport who just seems lonely and you talk to them and you make their day and make them smile, or if it's standing in front of a huge group of people and being a motivational speaker, it doesn't matter the impact is great no matter what platform you're on. So be intentional about using whichever one you have to, to spread his light. You used a word, you said unexpected, like be unexpected. And it made me think I have a, a morning devotion by Tony Dungy who coached mm-hmm. the, the Colts and he's a great yeah. man of faith and, and his, his devotion is called uncommon. And so it made me think of that, you know, to be uncommon, to be different. And there's so many comparisons that you could draw from, great leaders. Like you said, some are vocal, some are not, they're in the background, but they're great leaders, but there's so many comparisons, obviously, because our greatest example of leadership is Jesus. And yeah. he was a servant leader. There's so much now that you learn and that you hear about servant leadership. And, and what does that look like? Whether it is in an assistant principal role, it's just really cool to hear you talk about, you know, your faith and how no matter what platform you're in art class, basketball, assistant principal, it's really all the same. You've just been given a different opportunity, a different location to still shine a light, right? To be that flashlight for other people. So, you know, we got to talk about the moment, right? So <laughs> I've, I've posted it on my Twitter and I put the video on there, you know, that millions of people have seen that I've watched, you know, probably hundreds of times. And I feel that anyone that loves sports, right? Um, you cannot watch that video and not get chills, not get tears in your eyes. Even though I've watched it probably, Brittany, a hundred times, like... <laughs> And I think the coolest part about it is not the outcome of the situation, but the reaction that you had, that your teammates had. I think that was the part that's so powerful for me anyways. And so 
for our listeners who may not know what we're talking about, will you kind of set the scene for them and kind of walk us through what that was like? Sure. So it was my senior year. Um, we were playing in the Women's College World Series elimination game, actually. Um, we were playing against Arizona State. And obviously it was on live national television on ESPN. I got up to bat with bases loaded. Jaslyn Lutzford was a freshman on our team. Um, and I, I'll talk about this a little bit more in just a minute, but uh, she was not playing in the game at the time, was on the bench and Murphy, you know, obviously saw bases loaded two outs. We needed to score some runs. We were down, we, we had to do something. So he called me over, I knew it before he even called me, he was going to pinch hit me. Um, and he sure enough pulled Jaslyn off the bench to pinch hit in such a tight position. She was a freshman people. Right. I remember what it was like to be a freshman Yeah. at the women's college world series. So I knew what she was going through in on the inside, but she would have, you would have never known it. She was so in control. So, um, he pulls me, he puts her in, she gets down to a two, two count. And I mean, the, the, the atmosphere was electric. Yes, it was definitely electric. And so I think we're going to take 30 seconds and let everyone hear this moment. And now Patrick Murphy is pinch hitting for his All-American leadoff, Brittany Rogers. Jaslyn Lunsford will bat here with the bases loaded and two outs. Taking out your senior leader for a freshman. That's what I like, though. You know she's upset by getting pinch hit for but yet she's a top step cheering for her teammate to come through for the team. Well, the game will pay off for Alabama. 2-2 pitch to Lunsford. Wow, what an amazing moment. I mean, I still get chills every single time I listen to that. I mean, y'all's reaction, I think, was the best part. We all lost our mind. You being the main one, you know, and I think that that's obviously what's highlighted in the video. For Coach Murphy to have confidence, not only in her ability to step in in that position to hit, mm -hmm. but he also, as a coach, had to have confidence in knowing what your reaction was going to be so that you were still mentally in the game. Yeah. And he also, what I think is the most telling is that he had enough confidence in the culture that you guys have created at Alabama to know that whether that worked out or didn't work out, that that culture was still going to be the same. That's right. Ride or die. And I'm telling you, you know, it, it looks like a miracle or it looks like, like people describe it as like the miracle and like, it's this big thing, but I'm going to tell you, you know, a lot of people don't realize this jazz had been in a slump for quite some time. Um, she had not hit the ball. And I can't tell you how many games she had gone from starting to, to, to not hitting the ball and sitting the bench and just pinch hitting when she could or pinch running. And she for weeks was on the top step witnessing her show the courage that she showed in that box and, and not show any fear. You said that you said that at the beginning of the, of the episode, you said, talking about the culture that um, Murphy and, and the other coaches had established there. One of the things you said was they established a culture where you guys fought for more than yourself. You fought for each other. And so that just naturally, that just so naturally came out in your story about, about mm -hmm. Jaslyn and how 
And I think that's neat that you just focused on what she had done for weeks. She had been the one on that top step. And so for you to be on the top step, it wasn't like something that you had to think about. It was just a natural Mm -hmm. reaction. I'm here for you. Just like you've been here for me. And I think that's just such a testament to obviously the people that you guys are, um, but the culture that was created there and the leaders, that's just amazing. So obviously you kind of mentioned what you were feeling in the moment, but all these years later, like looking back now, what are, what are your thoughts so many years later about what that, the impact of that video has had on others? I'm just grateful that it was captured. Um, I'd have been grateful if it was captured and it wasn't me, you know, it's, it's, I think God was using that moment. I really do to just show how to fight for one another. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. I I've had moments where I'm feeling super low or I'm not feeling like I'm productive or not feeling like I'm making a difference. And, and I revisit that video and remember like what, what life really is about. It's about tiny moments that make a big impact. You know, when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, it was just an at bat, right? You know, we're not, we're not changing the world. We're just, it was an at bat, but gracious, what a small thing to make such a big change. And, um, it's, it's a good reminder of that. And I'm grateful for it. Talk a little bit about like going into teaching and and now kind of where you are as an assistant principal and, and how culture driven leadership has led you to that point. Well, it goes back to the platform thing. You know, when I, when I finished playing with USA team, um, and had an opportunity to decide whether to pursue my, my teaching career or pursue my professional softball career. Um, I just kept feeling this tug, you know, I love, I loved softball. I loved the sport. I loved how it made me feel, how it brought people together, but I just kept feeling this tug that it was time for me to shift my focus and, and start pouring into little minds. What Holly Rowe called it the pivot. Yeah. She, she mentioned it was called the pivot and uh, it's so true. And I just knew that it was time for me to pivot. It was time for me to find the next platform that was appropriate for sharing, um, you know, something that was bigger than me and, you know, what better place than with kids and kids soak in every single thing you do. Yes. They soak in what what you say, but they more so soak in what you do. And uh, I was inspired by Ron Clark. He uh, owns the Ron Clark Academy down in in South Atlanta. And um, he always talks about, you know, he built his school, private school on culture on this concept of empowering young minds and then also extending that empowerment to educators to, to buy into to family and to um, passion for helping others and to being creative and using whatever your gift is to make a difference when you walk, when you step out those doors, like you have a light in you that people are gonna notice and they're gonna wanna know more about it. and. To me, being inspired by his story, I just, I knew that it was time for me to shift. It was time for me to jump into education and, and see how God will use me there. And it was hard. It was not easy to leave the sport, um, but it was the right choice. What a great, you know, opportunity for you to go from, you know, playing a sport that God gifted you in that you were passionate about to now like an avenue and a path to where you could use your love and your passion for culture and people to, to help shape young lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was important to me, you know, to just the idea of being able to have 24 to 27 kids and their families and create a unit with them. 
that, that was magic to me. You know, you can be a coach in, in so many different ways, whether it's a sport or being a teacher or being an instructional coach or being an AP, like you are essentially creating the culture that has been passed on to you. And I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't try to pay that forward. And, and that's right. truly how it felt. I, I, I wanted every group of kids that I interacted with to, to believe that they, they are important and they represent more than just themselves. They represent their families. They represent our unit, our class, they represent our school. They have a, a, the power to make a difference, whatever that difference looks like they have the power to do it. And, you know, I, I had so many people who did that for me. So many people, you know, my fourth grade teacher, Chad Hayes. Um, I had a favorite teacher in high school, Leslie Buchanan and coach Kiefer. I could, I could name so many people. Like I just felt like it was time for me to shift my focus and, and share, share their lessons. I'm just as a, as a leader and a coach, I'm just a firm believer in building relationships Um, I think that they're the foundation for all else. I just truly believe that. And I feel that, you know, people just want to feel seen and they want to feel valued. And when you can make people, whether it's the kids at your school, the young kids or their parents, Mm -hmm. um, or in in my, in my case, my players and their parents, um, feel seen and valued and they know that you're pouring in, they know that you're invested, Mm -hmm. then that is going to be reciprocated. They're going to be invested. They're going to be excited. They're going to want to pour in. And so, I feel like you limit so many issues and possible conflicts because there's just like an understanding there. There's a relationship that's been built Mm -hmm. and both parties know that you want what's best for the child. And I just think the building relationships are the key. Oh, and that's the key to, to understanding one another's heart. You know, it's, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, this too, you have hard conversations in leadership, right? You have to make hard decisions and it's hard to make everybody happy and please everyone, but good gracious, when they know your heart and they know what your intent is, and they know that you're, you don't have a hidden agenda, but you really do want what's best for everybody. And you want to pay forward what's been given to you. They buy in and you know, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's easy to be able to, to make a difference and influence them to make a difference and completely buy into your culture when they know your heart. Absolutely. Share with us a habit or a practice that you have found to be helpful for you in leadership. So as an example, like mine would probably be how I've learned to give everyone a voice. Mm -hmm. Pause, you know, pause to listen, pause to consider the perspective of the person or the people that made the decision that they made. Uh, Pause to give a response, make sure it's an educated response, um, a well-versed, well-researched response pause to find joy in what you're doing, you know, in leadership, it's so easy to get that tunnel vision of what the goal is. Pausing is powerful. I feel like there has been a common thread and a common message in everything I've experienced in my life. It's don't forget where you came from. Don't be afraid to enjoy or include the small things or the small people, right? Make everybody feel like they matter. And then, you know, just using your platform to, to deliver a message that's more important to you, especially in this pandemic. I mean, we all know that things have been crazy. Education is is such a challenge right now. And my biggest thing this year has been, I am right here with you. I'm going to fight for you. You tell me what you need. We're going to make this work. 
I really believe that, you know, growth never happens in comfort. And mm -hmm. so one thing that this pandemic has done is force us outside of our comfort zones, whether it's to learn to, to teach digitally, whether it was to, as a coach, I'm checking temperatures every day and I'm asking questions every day. And it's like, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same at the softball field. Like it's different, but is that terrible? No, it's not terrible because I think that it, it forces outside of our comfort zone. I think it's okay to get uncomfortable. I think that's where we grow. Yes. That reminds me so much of um, Coach Allie, Allison Habits at Alabama. Her, the phrase she used to repeat all the time was get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let yeah. me think about it. So good. Softball was the sport of failure. Yeah. You fail more times than you succeed, right? That's right. Yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. COVID-19 pandemic, like so, th there's so much about this world that's uncomfortable right now or new, or we're, we're having to get used to the new normal, but good gracious, when you can find the joy and the, the truth and the, the courage to be comfortable with that discomfort, so much good happens. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm a big sports fan. So, uh, last night I watched the Baylor Gonzaga game and what, what I really thought was, you know, cool is that obviously in those tournaments, like cultures on display, right? Every team has a culture, every team has a, their own unique, um, definition of, of what culture is to them, but Baylor's was culture of joy. You know, I thought it was interesting that of all years, the year of the pandemic, they focused on joy. And even after the game, you know, they win last night and they're interviewing a player. And the first thing he says is like smile on his face, like culture of joy. And it's like, man, that is life changing. Even if yeah. they didn't win that game last night, what those players learned because of the culture that was established is just incredible. Yes. Choose joy, choose gratitude, choose service, especially when things are difficult. That's when people pay attention and when people buy in. And it makes a difference in the long run. Yes. Preach, Brittany. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think attitude and perspective are choice. They are mm -hmm. every single day, no matter what you're going through, our attitude and our perspective are a choice and they will shape, you know, the path that we're on. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You and I both can probably attest to this. There are days where we struggle or we say things we don't mean, or we make a decision that we're like, Oh, that was wrong. Looking back. Right. But if you authentically look at it and reflect at it and say, all right, I'm going to pick back up and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm redirecting my focus again. If you do that, whether it's perfect or imperfect, if it's authentic and intentional, it, it still makes a big impact. You know, I love Brene Brown. Okay. Read a yeah. lot of her books. And so, you know, she's big on vulnerability and she talks yeah. about how there's, there's power in vulnerability. And I kept reminding myself that of that over the past few weeks, as I, I prepped for this podcast and obviously I'm human. So it's like, I get insecure at the end of the day. It's like, you know, Kelly, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to mess up. It makes you relatable. Yeah. And like you've said multiple times, I love it. You know, authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And how incredible that you're listening to, to the call that you have right now. You know, God will honor that. I'm telling you. Thank you so much, Brittany. That means a lot. Yeah. You know, I had asked you pre-podcast and you had, you had talked to me about a quote that kind of described how that we are the combination of everyone that's poured into us. Right. So mm -hmm. tell us the quote, cause that's obviously a lot more elegant than what I just said. Sure. And I'll probably butcher it too, but Chuck Palahniuk is an author. He said, um, nothing of me is original for I am the combined effort of everyone I've ever known. And to me, that just defines my purpose. Uh, the people that pour into you, the, the God that pours into you, I am who I am because of them. I loved the quote when I read it, when you sent it to me, because I had never heard it before, but it's just powerful because it's like so simple, but yet just so real and so right yeah. and so big, you know, it's, it's good stuff. 
this is a part of our podcast that we call culture investment shout out. I want you to take a moment to shout out to someone that has invested and poured into you and helped shape you to now allow you to pour into other people. Cassie Riley Bosha. She was a freshman my senior year at University of Alabama. And she is the epitome of leadership, servant leadership, pausing, savoring, being intentional. Uh, she is the godmother of my two incredibly beautiful girls, but she has made such an impact on my life that I, I can't even describe it. And uh, she lives her life in a way, even to this day, that is just so intentional. She still makes such an impact on my life. So I have to shout out to her. She is a light in my life and I'm so grateful for her. You know, obviously Brittany, you're, you have been a light and continue to be a light for so many. And so, you know, just having you on here today, I mean, I just really, I can't explain how thankful I am and how appreciative I am that you took the time to, to be with us. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for your wisdom and your insight that you shared. And, uh, you know, I hope our listeners are as encouraged as I was. Um, I hope that we can all take something that we discussed today and, yeah. and use that to expand our influence. You know, I believe that culture is contagious. Absolutely. That can, that's so right. Wow. It, it could be, awesome. it could be a good or a bad thing. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's just so vital that we establish a culture that unites and that builds up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what a great inaugural guest to have on our show in you and, and kind of how you've lived your life, what you stand for, how you played the game, um, how you were a leader and just kind of how you continue to do that right where you are, you know, just being a great steward of where God has you right now in that moment, being present um, and just loving on people in this, the tiny moments that you talked about. And so, you know, just thank you so much for being a part of this today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so humbled and so grateful that you asked me to do this. This is such an incredible project, Kelly. I'm serious. You are, you are onto something and you're going to really impact a lot of lives with this tool. So thank you for your courage and exploring this podcast and um, for what you do for Dekula Softball. I, I know Coach Keeper is so proud and we are proud, all us alums, we are. And I'm just grateful for you. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right, guys, episode one in the books. Brittany Rogers Mayweather, she brought some great stuff to the table today for us. So let's look at our key takeaways. Number one, growth never happens in comfort. You have to challenge yourself. We have to get outside of our comfort zones in order to grow. Number two, anything you do, do it on purpose. Guys, it's powerful because purpose equals passion. Number three, culture is most highlighted during adversity. You know, Brittany said it, when things are difficult, people pay attention. So we have to make sure that we have a plan. Number four, there's power in the pause. We got to pause to consider. We got to pause to listen. And most importantly, we need to pause so that we know that we are fully present. Last but not least, number five, culture is being cultivated every day, whether we realize it or not. So guys, we've got to be intentional about building a culture that's going to impact lives and building a culture that people are proud to be a part of. Write these down. Make self-awareness a practice. Use something from today's episode to try to grow yourself this week. Spoiler alert, next week, building relationships. We've got head softball coach from Georgia Tech, Coach Morales, and her star freshman shortstop, Jen Saleo. They're going to be joining us on the show. So, guys, you're not going to want to miss it. Next week, Building Relationships, Episode 2, Culture Carries Us Podcast. And until then, get uncomfortable, find ways to grow this week. We'll see you next week, friends.